the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Joining me now, Chief Market Analyst Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. Briefing.com is a website that provides a lot of financial data on the U.S. and international equity markets, as well as bond markets. Um, Tons of information there that is, I feel, non-biased. Of course, we all carry some biases into anything we do in life, but uh, try to be as clean as you can in the world of financial data. Patrick, how are you? Hey, Rob. I'm doing fine. Thank you. Um, let's start with we opened today near record highs, some minor resistance above us. I don't look at the market numbers every day. I look at them, but I don't digest them. Mm-hmm. What do you, where are you as far as digesting of market highs and you know the market numbers of the Dow and the Russell and the Wilshire Right. I'd say that, uh, you know, as a market analyst, I'm at a point of indigestion (laughs) because it's been really um, uh, a confusing market, if you will, uh, to start off 2014. There hasn't been any real clear trend. We obviously had a big down January, and then we've, you know, snapped right back in February uh, in a move that uh, had the remnants of, uh, you know, what we saw in 2013, which is just that there was a willingness to buy on the dip, and really really any piece of disappointing news was was pretty much dismissed as either uh, weather-related or perhaps some type of marker that might encourage the Fed to uh, keep interest rates lower for, for longer or perhaps defer you know, further tapering. And so uh, that's the, uh, the trend that's in place at the moment. And, uh, you know, again, this morning we saw the, uh, the weaker-than-expected NAHB housing market index report. The market just brushed it right off. And, you know, we went – come out gangbusters out of the gate, but, you know, it's telling that the market still isn't selling off on any any remnants of bad news. In your page one article that you put together every day for the markets and for briefing.com, you start off saying, you know, bad weather's good weather, or bad weather, good market. It, it's How long can we blame the bad weather for bad for covering up bad economic news? At some point right. in time, bad economic news is bad economic news. Yeah, you know, I have to admit, you know, I was a, I was a little facetious in, in saying that. You know, it's kind of almost to my wit's end to saying, you know, it's sort of ridiculous that we keep, you know, blaming the weather when there's starting to be uh, cracks in the surface of that argument. You know, we saw it uh, in in uh, durable goods orders. We saw it in, uh, you know, the, the non-farm payrolls report in that construction payrolls actually were up about 48,000 in January, so that's one disproof right there. We saw it last week in the retail sales report when Internet sales were down, uh, you know, 0.6%. You know, those are supposedly would have risen in an environment where the weather kept people, sh- you know, shut in. 
Um, you know, and we saw it in the uh, the downward revisions, I think, to uh, industrial production data uh, for October and November when weather was not an issue. So, um, so it's, I think it's, it's starting to, to stretch uh, the limits of credibility there to keep, you know, blaming the weather. Uh, you know, there's there's more going on, we think, under the surface. And, you know, and one of the things that's been striking to me as a market analyst is the underperformance of the Dow Jones Transportation Average. Uh, now, it was certainly, uh, you know, one of the best performers in 2013, but for other groups giving a, you know, a free pass here uh, related to the weather, you know, why not the transports? You know, if you've got pent-up demand that's going to ultimately shine through, you would think that uh, those stocks would be doing better than they are right now, but they're not. You know, they've been underperforming over the last one month, three months, uh, and certainly year-to-date, and they're underperforming again today. So it's, it's an interesting divergence that uh, I'm going to be watching uh, closely. How do you feel about using the Dow Jones transports as a leading indicator? Do you feel it's reliable enough? These stocks should be hitting new highs if the economy is going to be moving forward is a generic statement, but I think I'm putting those words in your mouth almost fairly. Is it a reliable indicator? You know, I think so. Um, you know, when you when you look at it specifically, I think in relation to the U.S. economic prospects. I mean, these are the airlines, the rails, the truckers. Uh, you know, the, the freight companies. They they uh, are on the front line, so to speak, in terms of you know pushing goods across country and uh, and you would think that if the outlook for the u s economy is as bright as uh, you know people are making it out to be, um, you should see these stocks uh, doing quite well and you should see their earnings uh, growth continue to pick up and and you know what we saw in two thousand and thirteen they they had a, a Terrific performance. I mean, the airlines led the way, and uh, but that, you know a lot of that was predicated on the whole idea that 2014 was going to be so much better, uh, and thus far, you know, we're still not having any real um, clarity on that on that um, prospect. So you know, everyone's jonesing for a three percent plus GDP growth, but uh, as we're clearly seeing here, the weather's going to curtail some of that, but it's not all weather-related, and so you're going to need to see uh, things uh, pick up here uh, through the second, third, fourth quarters if we're going to achieve that. What if they don't pick up, but there's massive mergers and acquisitions like there's one today, activists buying Forest Labs for $25 billion. I love seeing the big-ticket purchases like this because I'm small money compared to that. So for bigger money to say I want to play, it's, it's a good playground for me to be in. Yeah, you know, I think that, uh, you know, frankly, we're a little surprised we haven't seen uh, merger and acquisition activity pick up even more um, if the demand outlook is, is so subdued. And you've seen that, you know, with all this cash that's sitting on, you know, corporate balance sheets, you're not doing much with it, right? And so part of that is a reflection of the uncertainty about the demand outlook. And so you think that, you know, companies would you know, start to resort more and more to buying market share, if you will, by taking out their competitors. Now, one of the problems, though, that, you know, we see with doing that is that um, the companies they're acquiring are are worth a lot more, certainly from a market capitalization standpoint, the publicly traded companies, than they were, you know, three, 
four years ago. And so it's going to be quite costly to uh, to take out some of these names. And we think that there might be some reticence on the part of, you know, CFOs and, and corporate boards to uh, pay large premiums here uh, out of concern about their return on investment. And that could ultimately sort of act as a headwind on M&A activity. But to the extent that uh, global activity is not picking up as many thought it might at this point. It could see M&A activity making some sense as companies try to pick up market share by taking out some of the smaller competitors. One of my tenets to tell people to continue to invest, to buy on dips, to give yourself 40 years from age 20 to 60 is that there's things like mergers and acquisitions that will get us through slower economic times that there is no other better option. Is that a fair statement to say mergers and acquisitions, capitalism will come in and find value if you can't find value? Well, not not all the time. I mean, okay. I think we you know saw that obviously uh, in the first Time Warner merger, right? I mean, in the the huge uh, write off there with you know the whole AOL Time Warner deal, and um, you know Fair. it's times like these when you do have to worry that uh, companies you know pay much too high a price, you know, and. Uh, and you see those goodwill write downs in future years when uh, you know the the promises of that uh, merger didn't necessarily live up to the uh, to the bullish promises that were advertised at the at the start of that that merger. So, you know, I think really, you know, if you're in, uh, the thing that you can rely on, or, or if you're going to sit there from a long-term investment standpoint, is again, are those companies that you know have the uh, financial ability to continue to raise their dividend year in and year out. And there are many of the same, you know, familiar names. Most of them are in the Dow 30, uh, but there's those dividends aristocrats I've talked to you about in the past uh, that have a track record of raising their dividend for at least 25 years. And those are companies that uh, investors need to be looking more toward rather than just necessarily relying on, you know, M&A activity carrying the day. We're speaking with the one the only Patrick O'Hare, market analyst, briefing.com, he's chief market analyst. Got about a minute, minute and a half. Anything you want us to be focusing in on that you're starting to find interesting? Well, um, the, the economic data it continues to be of increasing interest here as we move away from January, not getting February data. Um, curious about how the market's going to react to it again. As we've got some housing data that's coming out later this week that will be interesting to watch. Housing starts and existing home sales, uh, and uh, you know, so that's what I'm going to be focusing on this week. Is just really kind of what we're hearing, you know, in those reports and how the market's reacting to them. Thanks very much. It's chief market analyst. Patrick O'Hare, you can find him at briefing.com. Every Tuesday he starts with us at 7.30 Pacific time. Let me figure out where you are. I think he talks intelligently, well-spoken, with a lot of insight, with a lot of experience. Is he as bullish as I would want him to be? Woohoo! everything's going higher, everything's great. No, but I don't want that either. <clears throat> there is something, though, you know, to be said that... Um, the tenor of the analyst you're listening to is something you should pay attention to. And for me, Patrick O'Hare has been there for 15, I think 18 years now in my world. Um, I think the tenor is critically, critically important uh, to get a good idea of, you know, what they represent. I remember back in the 90s and early 2000s, uh, back in the, the mid-90s, there was a guy who would scream that the market's going lower, that IBM's going to 10. And over time, he's probably right. I don't know. When our planet Earth goes hurling into the sun, 
I bet IBM is at $10 or less a share. But I don't think that helps people to sell panic and fear and stupidity. Um, yes, when our planet does hurl to the sun, a lot of the material wealth people collected will look kind of silly. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Again, you can find Briefing at briefing.com for independent live market analysis of the United States and international equity markets. I have a big event myself coming up in a couple Thursdays from now in Pleasanton, California, talking about the markets and bond alternatives in retirement. Learn more at robblack.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.